Hello, everybody, and welcome to what I hope to be a fairly short episode of Virtual Legality today. Honestly, if you clicked on this link, you know better than I on whether I accomplished that goal or not. But what I wanted to talk about today was pretty short form. It reflects on the kind of regulation question that we've discussed over the past couple weeks in respect to the video game industry and loot boxes. And something happened yesterday in Congress that really made me think about this a little further. And the calls for regulation that some are uh, putting at the video game industry with respect to loot boxes and content restrictions that you see in some of the international titles, especially what Steam is or isn't doing in terms of curating their store and whether or not they should be regulated by a third-party source. And what really caused me to reflect on this was watching some of the Google hearings uh, that some of you may have seen uh, yesterday that put Sundar Pinchai in front of the House Judiciary Committee to discuss what Google is doing, uh, in particular with how they are curating their own data, how they are producing search results, whether or not they're working in China, and whether working with China is causing them to develop new censorship technologies for a new version of their search engine that would be available uh, to Chinese uh, customers. And what you saw yesterday was a long-form exercise in what is fairly typical for congressional hearings, uh, but essentially rank partisanship and very little technical understanding, very little questions that were organized on a technical basis or asked uh, inquiries designed to get to the heart of what might be at issue with respect to Google. And uh, what you saw in that hearing was was really what I think would develop once again if we were to go in down the line of having regulatory, uh, regulatory hearings in respect to the video game industry. So I want to just talk about it a little bit. Uh, this is a Wired article that I found to be particularly good just discussing the events of, of yesterday. Uh, the House Judiciary Committee had the opportunity to question one of the most powerful people on the planet, Sundar Pinchai, CEO of Google, the company that filters all the world's information. And they blew it. The members of the committee staked out opposite sides of a partisan battle. The rhetorical tennis match left precious little time for committee members to explore in any detail the urgent questions around Google's interest in building a censored search engine for China, the company's bulk data collection practices, its recent security breaches, or issues related to competition and antitrust regulation. Uh, the day proved heavy on theatrics and light on substance. It was a foreboding reminder of Congress's continued technological ignorance and a sign that while lawmakers almost unilaterally agree that something must be done about tech giants' tremendous power, they remain unwilling to set aside partisan squabbles to actually do anything about it. And here is where I differ with potentially some of my colleagues, some of my classmates, some of the people that I know. I, I don't necessarily blame politicians so much for this. Their role is to win partisan battles. Their role is to uh, win continued uh, aggregation of power for their party uh, and or their representatives if they're uh, representing a specific constituency. And so they don't have a great incentive to become very knowledgeable in any one specific area of, of life. And in particular, technology is moving at such a rapid pace of advancement and is so uh, fully ingrained in our livelihoods that it's no surprise that even with all the resources of the U.S. federal government, 
it's it's not like these Congress folks have the ability to come up to speed with all of Google's algorithms, all of the white papers that might have been done on their technology or anything related to those things. And really, without the incentive to go into that research path, they don't show it when they're having these hearings. So they become kind of grandstanding affairs. They're on TV. They're tweeted about. Articles in Wired are made about them. And so if a congressperson can get their name in an article about grilling a Google executive about something that they think will play well to their constituencies, that's what they're going to do. Unfortunately, this is also the such same process that we have to put together our regulatory infrastructure. And so out of these hearings, if Congress decided to move forward with any law that put clamps on or otherwise controlled Google's activities, it would be based on the information they gathered at these types of hearings, as well as research that their their aides or their or their staff members might also collect. But it is not specific to Google. It's not specific to video games. It's not even specific to technology that this happens. But it does mean that we as a people, United States, really globally, need to be more cognizant of the fact that there is a difference between our lawmakers, the laws that we might like to see to enforce whatever kind of qualities of fairness or or appropriateness we have uh, in our own self, and also the fact that people can disagree with us in terms of what that fairness should look like. Um, and, and we see this go on further and further in this article. I highly recommend it. I will link it in this video. Um, but you see these kinds of questions asked again and again that really don't relate to what it is Google does. So you have Pinchai explaining that Google's algorithms crawl the web for keywords and rank pages based on 200 signals, including relevancy, freshness, and popularity, which isn't really an answer to the question of how Google works. But a congressional hearing isn't a great place to learn exactly how Google works. And you see the congressman's response here. So it's not some little man sitting behind the curtain figuring out what we're going to show the user is flippant and designed essentially to embarrass their political opponents, which, again, I don't really blame politicians for other than the fact that it's frustrating if you have any notion of how this technology works or want to see the technology move forward in a productive way. Um, You then see arguments from uh, the California representatives talking about how Nazism was pulled in as a description of the California GOP which was based on a, a, what, what this article calls a, a Wikipedia edit, where Google pulls that information, puts it directly into uh, some of the, the search engine results, uh, but got it corrected quickly. You see similar arguments made about whether or not the Daily Caller is, is hate speech and uh, Breitbart, or, or, or Breitbart uh, is, uh, is hate speech and whether or not Google can react to that properly. And uh, again, you have these Congress folks sitting there essentially saying, Uh, you need to do a better job of X when they don't really understand what X is or what Y is. And when the the Google CEO tries to say, hey, we don't do that. Hey, we don't make iPhones. Hey, we didn't make that application. Uh, Congress folks essentially getting more antagonistic, more sarcastic. What you might frame of reference if you're a parent as your your six-year-old or your eight-year-old giving you the eye roll and the sarcastic response uh, to what should be a fairly simple uh, interrogatory. Uh, But at the end of the day, you have these these hearings that are designed to be informative, and they're simply not. Uh, you have this article from Mashable here that says that the Google Hearing Congress proves they still have no idea how the internet works. Mashable takes a, a, a fairly partisan slant on this, really kind of uh, jumps on the conservative side uh, of the issue and, and gets on their case for misunderstanding or essentially lying about what Google does. I'm more prone to calling this ignorance uh, than deliberate obfuscation or lying, Uh, but certainly uh, the conservatives in this hearing uh, were very riled up about what Google is doing. 
and and the responses that they're getting for their own uh, for their own searches and for their own um, uh, information. And so you can see in this article uh, that uh, the representative Smith is bringing up debunked claims that they uh, that have been pushed by President Trump. No, 96% of Google news stories on Trump aren't from left-wing outlets, which was a claim that was made there. And they essentially asked the CEO about what was being done to get to that 96% level, which is how we get to that information that we saw in the last article about how searches work and freshness and popularity and backlinks and all these things that can be done to game the Google system, uh, but that just result in things that, that an algorithm and a piece of software spits out. Um, but unfortunately, I think if you were to characterize how these hearings went and what kind of information was actually uh, looked into here, it was very, very little. They really didn't get any answers as to what Google's plans are in China. They didn't get any answers as to how the algorithm really works. Uh, I, I looked at these. I looked at the tweets on my timeline, and I, I basically reflected on the fact that for the most part, Congress seems to view algorithms and software code as a kind of magic spell. Uh, that uh, outputs certain things, and if that magic spell is formulated wrongly, that it should be corrected and, and made to be more advantageous for their political leanings. Um, and that's perhaps not an unusual way to think about these kinds of things. You have the quote where, you know, sufficiently advanced technology is, is akin to magic. Uh, but it is a problem when you're talking about the governing body that is supposed to potentially uh, put rules on these things, and they're clearly out of their depth and out of their element in doing so. Um, and so the, the Google hearing uh, really was kind of eye-opening. This, this has been a long kind of uh, fellowship of, of mine in terms of watching congressional hearings over the years. Uh, and I think it is a, one of those things where when you see it in action, and I do recommend, if you haven't, looking at some articles from the last couple of days, looking at uh, some of the tweets that were made out of those hearings, maybe some video clips. I think you'll, you'll probably find a news source to your liking that shows some of the, um, some of the interactions that were, really did highlight that the Congress folks here either are completely ignorant of how the technology works or are politically grandstanding essentially for, for camera flashbulbs and for, for tweet retweets and, and things of that nature. But what I want to get to on this, and we talked about it a little bit last week, in respect of uh, the IGDA's calls for self-regulations are articles uh, like this. Uh, and this is from earlier in the year, uh, but it's certainly been reflected upon multiple months, multiple times uh, since then, especially with Belgium and some of the Scandinavian companies really jumping in and looking to regulate uh, loot boxes in particular, but in general, in-app purchases, content contained in video games uh, that there have been increased calls for regulation, increased calls for the government to step in and to do something uh, to protect people from, from loot boxes, from what they view as predatory selling practices, from gambling. Uh, and what I would recommend on this is the same thing I recommended in my IGDA video earlier uh, this month, which is uh, we really need to be cautious about when we ask uh, the government to step in on these things. The government can do important things. It can protect important rights. It can protect important uh, constituencies from being uh, uh, prey to, to predatory pr pricing practices or things of that nature, but it needs to be used as a scalpel and not as a sledgehammer uh, because it can go very wrongly, as you see in the Google hearing, as you're very likely to see in future Facebook hearings. Google's set to have another hearing, I think, next year when the new Congress sits, and, and we can evaluate those congressional hearings as well. Uh, but it, it, it's no surprise that these folks uh, want to exert their power, 
in in a way that uh, looks good in press clippings uh, and uh, will do so in a way that that aggrandizes themselves. I, again, it's not that that's not a negative connotative statement from myself. That's what politicians do. That's that's why they won elections. Is that they're good at marketing themselves. They're good at maintaining their own brand. They're their own brand managers. But it does mean that, especially for highly technical industries like video games, like software, like information technology and technological infrastructure, we need to be very wary of uh, asking them to step in and really to learn an entirely new technological field uh, and to set the rules under which it, it might be bound. Because the, the risks are substantial that it doesn't wind up exactly the way you, you want it to. Um, so uh, just reflecting on this a little bit further, uh, I did a quick Google search uh, of uh, comments on, on just one one website, a forum that I go to on, on video game news, Reset Era, uh, about the number of times that they've mentioned the, the word regulate. Now, Google pulls up 7,000 times. Uh, Reset Era hasn't been a lo- around that long. It's an offshoot of the old NeoGAF forums. Um, but you can see here they are, descri- they are discussing uh, the self-regulation question of the ESA, the ESRB, IGDA, um, reg- regulation of uh, technology for facial recognition in Facebook, the state representatives calls for regulation of loot boxes, um, uh, political ads on Facebook, all these technology questions, loot boxes, loot boxes, uh, IGDA calls for self-regulation on loot boxes. Um, and, and so the the worst case scenario if, if big government steps in is one that, that I got flagged, I looked at and said, well, yeah, that's an, that's an interesting question because that's what we're ultimately talking about is we, we love this industry. We, we have potentially clients in this industry. We have friends in this industry. We have family in this industry. And uh, talking about what could potentially happen uh, if big government steps in is, uh, is an important question to ask. Uh, and certainly it's an important one to ask uh, in, in this respect. The, the worst case scenario if big government steps in is that they step in a, a little bit too far. Thank you, uh, Senator Cole, and thanks uh, to all the members of the, of the panel. Uh, just uh, hearing what you've said uh, now, we're also re- repelled, we, we're disgusted by this material, and yet it is a measure of uh, our values in this society that we resist the impulse to do what I think, uh, let me say for myself, I'd like to do. I'd like to be able to pass a law saying you can't produce this stuff anymore. We don't do that because we value our freedoms. We value our freedoms, uh, and, and that we do. Uh, but there are always going to be people that know, don't necessarily and that don't understand the, the industry that, that we love so much and, and maybe want to protect people from themselves. Uh, so the, the question is always how much regulation is right regulation uh, and, and what do we need uh, to do to advance uh, consumers' interests, advance developers' interests, advance publishers' interests, advance the entire industry's interests uh, in a way that is uh, profitable for everyone, that everyone can get enjoyment out of uh, without uh, diving too deeply uh, into uh, rules and requirements that will uh, that will kill the, the industry we love so much, uh, which is an open question, uh, but it is one I think that everybody should reflect upon uh, regularly uh, when they call for regulation, when they see something that they don't like, whether or not that's something that they simply don't like or that that's something that the government should step in and, and protect themselves from or protect others from, uh, because the government does have a tendency to, uh, to overstep on technological matters. Uh, and uh, until they get up to speed on the technology of the day, uh, when they seem to be a couple decades behind, uh, it is certainly a dangerous game to play. And I think that's why you see the IGDA 
That's why you see the ESA. That's why you see the ESRB. That's why you see the big video game names come out and say, okay, if this gets close enough to the line that the government is thinking about stepping in, we really need to start doing something self-regulatory uh, because if we don't, uh, you're just you're, you're playing dice uh, with, a, with a powerful group uh, that can basically do anything they want, including kill uh, the goose that laid the golden egg entirely. Um, so with that all said, uh, that's my video for today. Hopefully I did keep it a little bit short. If you like this, uh, please like it. Please subscribe to it. I've got a lot of videos on my YouTube channel uh, and on my blog uh, that talk about issues like this, uh, including uh, the Epic Games Store. Uh, the IGDA's calls uh, for the industry to act uh, on, on loot boxes and other things. Fallout 76 refunds, a read-through of the Bethesda terms and conditions. A lot of fun stuff from the last couple weeks. Uh, this is still uh, pretty early days in, in this new uh, virtual legality show. Uh, but if you have any comments, uh, all feedback is welcome and appreciated. And thank you so much for watching.